I just want to say thank you to my senior pastors, Pastors Frankie and Allie. Um, Pastor Frankie and Allie are literally um, mentors. They are voices in our lives. Um, my wife and I, uh, he likes to say, when I met you, you were just a kid with bad hair and earrings. And uh, uh, now you can just see I don't have any earrings. But, uh, you know, uh, we've been together a long time. And so I'm just extremely thankful that he allowed me to preach tonight and just be a voice uh, and a voice, a voice in, in, in the church's life. And so I really, really do appreciate that. Um, speaking of our pastors, can we pray for our pastors? Can I just encourage you to pray for your pastors? Um, uh, you have no idea sometimes the amount of opposition spiritually that comes upon um, your leaders, uh, including uh, myself tonight. You know, I, I, I've actually struggled uh, being, being physically sick in my body all day long. And I honest to goodness believe the enemy literally does not want me to preach this word tonight. I'm not kidding. I'm being absolutely serious. So tonight, if I'm not rolling on the ground or making jokes and laughing and this and that, uh, just trust me um, that what is, what, is, what is for you tonight is for you, okay? It has been brought from before God in the throne room of heaven, and it's for you tonight, okay? I'm going to scoot this over just a little bit so I don't run into it. I'm not going to touch it. Never mind. All right, turn with me in your Bible to Genesis chapter 35. Tonight, we're going to talk about the importance of building an altar. The importance of building an altar. Why do we build an altar? What is an altar? We're going to talk about those things. I love it. I love it. Uh, in Genesis chapter 35, uh, Genesis, turn in your Bibles if you have that. Uh, if you have the, the, the church app on your phone, it's in there too, I'm sure. Um, if you need any help finding Genesis, I'm going to ask you to come to the altar right now. Uh, we're going to pray for you right now. Okay? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but really, Genesis chapter 35, verse 1. Uh, let's talk about this here. It says, uh, God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there. Make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you and purify yourselves and change your garments. Just like a dad telling him to... Put up your clothes, you smell. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel so that I may make there an altar to the God who answers me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods that they had and the rings that were in their ears. Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree that was near Shechem. And as they journeyed, a terror from God fell upon the cities that were around them so that they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. And Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, which is the, in the land of Canaan. And he and all the people who were with him. And there he built an altar. And he called the place El Bethel. Because there God had revealed himself to him when he fled from his brother Esau. Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I need you tonight. Father God, I pray that you'd help me to articulate every word, to enunciate every word. Father, these are not just clever, witty, creative thoughts, God, but this is revelation from the throne room of heaven. I pray that you'd help me to deliver it, Father God, to your people tonight in a way, Lord God, that they would understand, Father, in a way that it would sink deep into your, their hearts, Father, because your word, Father, does not return void, but it goes forth, Father, and it accomplishes what it was set out to accomplish. So, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that this seed would bear fruit and fruit that would last, Father. It will last, Father God, 30, 60, 100 fold in some hearts. But tonight, Lord God, it will bear fruit in the name of Jesus. Somebody believe that. Would you say amen? amen? Thank you. 
Jacob, if you don't know, in the book of Genesis, uh, he's not uh, Israel quite yet. He's still just Jacob. In fact, very recently, he had been to this place, Bethel, and it was where he met God. He saw a ladder, what he saw, and he saw heaven coming to and fro. And he said to himself, this must be the place, like the doorway between uh, heaven and earth. And so he called this place Bethel. Well, some years later, he left, and it says now that God has called him back to that place where they originally met. And he said, this is the place where I want you to build an altar. Now, if you don't know, Jacob is also known as Israel. His 12 sons ended up becoming God's people, the, the tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel that later on go in the Bible. Read it, read it, Genesis 35, um, and, and read through Genesis. It's very, very interesting, okay? Um, Jacob's kind of known for a couple different things. His brother Esau, uh, he stole his birthright uh, with a bowl of soup. That must have been some good soup um, because... I mean, that's really shady, but um, he's also known um, for wrestling with God. In fact, the name Israel means one who contends with God. And he got that name because he wrestled the angel all night long until God spoke to him. Um, And so this is literally uh, some of the exploits and the things that he's known for. And I want to talk to you tonight about why, why we build altars. How, what is an altar? Why do we build an altar? I want to talk about that tonight. But first, I want to talk about something that I built, okay? Uh, my wife and I actually built this table. Uh, check this out. This table right here we built. Look at that table. Isn't that nice? That's pretty nice, huh? It's pretty good. Actually, my wife built it. I just stood there and uh, was like, what else do you need me to do? I'm, I'm, I'm worthless. So, um, no, but, but seriously, uh, we built this table. Keep it up there. We built this table because um, we wanted it to be a meeting place, you know, we wanted to create memories here. We wanted our kids to do homework on it. We wanted to establish and build relationships with, with people. Um, we, 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 we wanted it to be uh, something special. And so we built it with our hands. And, and, and I've kind of lately taken uh, a lot of joy and a lot of happiness in, in, in building things with my hands. There's something special about something that is built and not bought. And so you see, I say all that to say, not just to show you that we have awesome uh, table-making skills. Uh, my wife does. But I say that to say that this is why God said, I want you to go, and I want you to build with your hands an altar. I want you to build something for me. And I don't want you to just go to some new place. I want you to go... To the place where we once met. You see. But why an altar? Like what, what is an altar? You see sometimes when you think of an altar. You think you know it's like a, like a monument or a shrine. People are like worshiping at it. Or like you know throwing things like money and stuff. I don't, I don't really know. But, but really in the, alt, the altar in the Bible in the Old Testament. The way that it's used. A lot of the patriarchs built altars in different places. In different times for different reasons. And so we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. In fact Noah built the very first altar. Abraham built an altar uh, with Isaac, Jacob's dad. Um, at the Mount of Moriah. Um, Elijah built an altar at Mount Carmel in front of all the different prophets. And now Jacob, well, this is before all that, but Jacob, Jacob here is being called to also build an altar, to build something with his hands, something special to God. But what is an altar? The word altar actually means a place of sacrifice. 
It means a place of sacrifice. That's what it means. Now, listen. In the Bible, an altar is something made of earth, made of wood, steel, and stones. Okay? This is what it was. And it was a place. It was a place where people met with God. It was a place where an exchange happened between the natural and the supernatural. It was a place where God confirmed covenants. A covenant is an agreement. And it happened at the altar. Okay? I'm going to give you three things. When you think of the word altar in the Bible, remember that this is why an altar was built. Okay? If you're taking notes on the app, these should be fill-ins, I think. Um, Altars are built in places where God has met us. Altars are built in places where God has met us. Number two, altars are a place where things go to die. You notice you don't bring dead things to an altar. In the Bible, they always brought a sacrifice, something living. Altars are a place where the natural meets the supernatural. You see, so God is telling Jacob, I want you to go back to the place. I want you to build with your own hands some sort of memorial, some sort of commemorative thing of a place, of the exchange where you and I once met. You see, in all through the Old Testament, this is kind of just how it was done. This is just kind of what they did. This is just kind of how things started to happen. The exchange and the covenant and the agreement between God happened. And see, later on in the Bible, God would give to Moses and the law. And he would say, you would build an altar and you're going to bring various types of sacrifices to me. You're going to bring different things to me. And this is going to be the way that you and I will do agreements. We will do business this way. Supernatural business, okay? You will bring a sacrifice and then I will meet with you. I will consume it through fire, and it'll be an offering to me. And there were various kinds. Sometimes they would bring wine, or they would bring grain, or they would bring doves, or they would bring different types of animals and things, and they all meant different things, and that was how it was done. We'll explain that in just a second. In fact, when God told Jacob, I want you to go to Bethel and to build this altar, what he was saying is, you are actually going to be laying the foundation for the work of my son, Jesus Christ. Let me explain. In Hebrews 9, verse 20 through 22, it says this. Then he said, this blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle and on everything used for worship. In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. We're talking about the Old Testament and the way it was done, okay? They would bring sacrifices. God would forgive the people's sins when they would bring these prescribed sacrifices to the altars. Watch this in verse 22. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So you see, a sacrifice had to be brought, there had to be blood spilled, and that was how God said, I forgive sins this way. This is how it's done. But I started to think more about it and was like, well, why don't we have altars anymore? Like, where's the altar in this church? Like, where, 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 I mean, we're not, you know, you didn't bring, like, did anybody bring a goat? Like, you know, dove? Like, I mean, you know, is, is, what's going on? Like, why isn't that happening anymore? 
I need to build this point. Allow me to do this real quick. In 2 Corinthians 6.16, it says, And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are now the temple of the living God. Everybody say, we are. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. 1 Peter 2.5, I'm allowing me to still build this point. Thank you. It says, and you are, everybody say, we are. Living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. You know what happened to the Old Testament altar? It got replaced with the New Testament altar. And the New Testament altar, according to the Bible, is inside of us. How is that possible? Because Jesus Christ went himself to the altar of the cross. He shed his blood, which confirmed the eternal covenant of eternal life between God and man that would forever wipe away all the sins of the things that we did in the past, the things we did today, and the things we'll do tomorrow. He wiped it all away, and God said, that's it. That's how it's done The price has been paid, and that's why we sing about the blood of Jesus Christ. Because without the the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And so Jesus, that's a good time to clap, because Jesus Christ shed his blood on the altar. Jesus Christ shed his blood on the altar. And the exchange that was made between the natural and the supernatural was eternal life. And now the Bible says, but wait, the altar that exists today is actually inside of us. And so I want to talk tonight about the importance of building the altar. The Bible says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 6.16 says that he's living in us, that we are the living stones, the living stones building up an altar, a memorial, something to him. And so I'm going to give you three points tonight. It's real simple. Just three points. About the art of building altars. The first thing is this. Altars need consistent maintenance. Altars need consistent maintenance. There's many stories in the Bible. In fact, the whole book of Nehemiah is about after uh, Israel had been ransacked and taken away into captivity and the people came back, this next generation was told that they had to rebuild the walls of, of their city and that they had to repair the altars. And so this, this whole story ensues about these people and, and the work that they had to do because the altars weren't used anymore. I mean, they had been held in captivity for years and now they had returned and the altars, well, the altars, just, they just weren't like they were. They were anymore you know I mean this thing used to it had a purpose you know it had it was it was it was different parts of wood and 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 it just it just doesn't look like it used to you see when you spend time with the Lord in prayer when you spend time with the Lord reading your Bible you are maintaining the altar You are rebuilding the altar. You see, if the altar is a place where business is done between the natural and the supernatural, then when I'm riding in my car listening to a podcast, I'm maintaining my altar. 
You see, some of us haven't spent enough time at the altar, and so it kind of looks all raggedy and messed up, not like it used to. And so what we need to do is frequently maintain the altar. How many of you know you cannot cut your grass one time and it looks perfect forever? My neighbor's obsessed with his grass. This man loves his grass. I cannot explain to you how much my neighbor loves his grass. The man is out there like with scissors on his hands and knees cutting the grass. I'm just kidding. It's not. No, I had a neighbor one time in our previous house. Before we moved in, he came to my house. He knocked on my door and he said, thank you so much. You know, I was willing to, to continue paying for the, the gardeners and, and the people to come and do the maintenance over here. But I'm glad to see that, you know, you have a lawnmower and that you take care of it and stuff. And so he, he, was, so, uh, he was so particular about the image of our neighborhood and things like that. He, he actually bought like these 15-foot bushes to divide his yard with the house that we had bought because he didn't want to look at their yard anymore. But his yard looked nice. Why? Because he maintained it. You see, in the same way, your spiritual life, if it's not frequently repairing the altar and spending time with the Lord, then it can look out of place. Then it can become out of place. But when you spend time with the Lord in prayer, when you read your Bible, what you're doing is you're maintaining the altar. The second thing is this. Altars need continual sacrifice. They need continual sacrifice. What good is an altar if there's nothing sacrificed on it? You see, God told Jacob, he said, I want you to go to Bethel and I want you to build an altar for me. I want you to build this altar. I want you to commemorate this time in this place where you and I met. And, and, and Jacob said to his whole family, his whole family, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, you with the earrings, take, give me the earrings. Uh, you with, the, uh, with those idols, those things, those, those images, those aren't gods. Those things aren't real. And then he came to his other son and he said, you with the iPad, you, you spend too much time there. And then he said, you with the phone, oh, you just had too much time on the screen. And you with all that, whatever you're listening to, I don't even know what that is. But you see all of these idols in our home, I'm done with them. Yeah. It's time that we bring those things to the altar and we put them here and they die. You see, those of you, I'm speaking to the parents right now in this room because your kids are over there. It's your job to keep your family at the altar. If you don't know what your kids are listening to, bring it to the altar. If you don't know what they're watching regularly, bring it to the altar. It's your job to keep them at the altar. And if you're struggling with that, I'd love to meet with you and help you and partner with you in any way that I could. But you see, Jacob, when he said, Jacob, go build the altar, and he didn't say just you. He said, take your whole family with you. You're all going to build an altar. The family is going to build an altar. The family is going to go to church. The family is going to build this together. The family is going to put their hands, and they're going to build this thing together. If you don't have a family, I can show you real quickly. I, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I did it, I did it right in the, in the green room right before I came out. I'll show you. I can show you an example where your altar is, where you spend a lot of time, where you meet often. If you have an iPhone, pull it out of your pocket. Come on. If you have an Android, keep it in your pocket. <laughs> Somebody said, Amen. 
what? I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I just can't do it on an Android. If you go to settings, and you scroll down to where it says battery, wait for a second, it's going to populate something real fast on the bottom. There's two settings. One of them says 24 hours, the other one says seven days. Those apps that pull up at the top are where you've spent the most time. If you click over, it'll change the percentages to time. That's scary. Hours. Now, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad now, okay? It's interesting, isn't it? You see, sometimes, people, I have to wake up in the morning and I check that little device there and I say, I must bring my phone to the altar because I've spent too much time there and this altar does not look right. This altar has not been well maintained. I've spent too much time and it's time to bring that thing, which is so useful. I mean, you got a computer in your pocket. The thing communicates with space. Did you know, did you know there is more technology on your cell phone than there was on the Apollo missions that took men to the moon? That's fact. That's incredible. It's so useful. But how many of you know sometimes it can become something we worship? The altar is a place for sacrifices. And so we bring them to the Lord. And we say, it may appear to be an idol for a moment. But this is where it belongs, right here on the altar. And so I bring that to you. Somebody play for me real quick. Thank you. Parents, it's our jobs to make sure that our families are at the altar. And those of you that are trying your absolute hardest know that we are locking arms with you in prayer. And we love your children dearly. And let me just encourage you. No one loves your children more than Jesus. No one could ever care about your children and your family more than Jesus himself. And so if you have laid down your children at the altar and say, God... I've done all I can. Then just leave him there because he cares about him more than you ever could. Can I encourage you real quick? I feel like I need to encourage some parents. I was that kid. I was that kid that my parents didn't know where I was at night. Wasn't coming home. Dropped out of school my senior year. Senior year. But my parents left me at the altar. And God does what he does with things you leave at the altar. He consumes them. You see, if you will bring God the sacrifice, he will provide the fire. There's one last thing about altars and the art of building an altar. 
altars, altars need to be visited frequently. Now I said earlier, I said, where in this church is, is there an altar? This right here, this is not a stage. Your kid's dance recital, that was on a stage. You go to a show and, you, and that's a stage. This, this is wood, steel, and stone. This is a place where the natural meets the supernatural. This is a place where I personally, when I was 16 years old, found my calling into ministry right here at an altar. And so this is still symbolic today of the altar. It's still a place where we can bring things to die. It's still a place where we can meet with the Lord. It's still a place where he'll meet you for the first time because you can walk through the doors and raise your hands and sing two songs and hear a poem, but it's different when you come to the altar. For some of us, it'll be the first time you've ever came to an altar. But it's a place, I believe, that God will meet you tonight. For others, maybe you just haven't been here in a while. Maybe you just haven't. The the yard needs a little bit of maintenance, that's all. Needs to be visited, that's it. For some of us, for some of us, we have very real living sin and it needs to come and die tonight. Everybody stand. You see, the altar is a real place. The altar is a real thing. It's a place where people meet with God It's a place where business is done between the natural and the supernatural. It's a place where we bring things to die. It's a place that we frequent often in order to maintain its place in our lives. And the Bible says that it's living inside of us. We are the temple. We're the living stones. So I just want to ask you tonight. When was the last time you checked on your altar? This message is very real for myself. So here's what I want to do. The band's going to play a song. I'm secure in who I am. I don't, it doesn't matter to me how many people come to the altar, but I want to challenge you tonight to visit the altar. If it's been a while, visit the altar. If you've never done it before, visit the altar. Because I believe, like I believe, that God is going to meet some people tonight in a real way right here at the altar. Let me pray for you, church. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Father, for every person under the sound of my voice right now, Lord, whether they're even listening online in their car, Father God, that they need to maintain the altar. Bring them to the altar tonight, Lord. Things are going to be dealt with tonight at the altar, Lord. Things are coming to die tonight at the altar, Lord. 
Father, you are going to meet people in a real way tonight. Some people, Lord God, are going to receive from you tonight. Father God, we're going to bring things to the altar tonight, and you're going to meet with us here tonight at the altar. The altar is a real place, and it's open all the time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for these people, Father. Encourage them, Lord God. The altar is a real place. It needs frequent maintenance. It needs to be visited consistently. It needs sacrifices. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.